Coming up this week, off screen. We're going to tell you about some films we liked and some films that we did not like in our top 10 of the year. All those going more? Off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen. I'm Dan Connor, and I am off work. You are indeed. I'm, I'm also Case Allen. Well, for me, Thanks. this is this is kind of me off work as well now. So this is this is me done for the year as yeah. well. And uh, oh, so glad it's been a long year. Too long. It's been a really long year. Yeah. I mean, it's so long that it began and ended with musicals, and it still feels exhausting. Written by the same people. The songs written by the same people. I mean, it was it was the first year of Trump, and... That, that was a thing. That was a thing. Um, let, let, let us hope this is the only time we maybe ever... The, maybe the last year of Trump. Maybe the last we'll year see. of Trump. Or maybe the last yeah. year of humanity. We don't know. Um, let's see. There were uh, there was there was some scandals. There were a lot of scandals. Yeah. Uh, Kerry Washington was still on Scandal. Gary Washington came for the, yeah, for the yeah. final season Last of one. Scandal, yeah. which actually not very good. I'm no, just going to say, yeah. there are a couple episodes from the end, and actually it's not a very good season. It's a bit of a mess. Mm. And you know the worst that's, part? That's the scandal. That's yeah. the twist. Here's the irony. <laughs> that, that season, the new season, has a female president, and you can't help but think, wow, really? they get a female president, and it's the worst season they've ever had. This is not helping the greater sociological argument. So not yeah. not in our uh, not. current climate. No, no, no. So other things this year. I mean, hashtag Me Too. Uh, Last yeah. Jedi killed Star Wars. Apparently, um, it did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson. I, th- I think. I mean, if I'm looking at the time code, I think. I think now. Yeah, he is. He is. He's just been executed. He's, he's just dead. been executed. Yeah, that, that's, that's about right. right. Yeah, is that all, all, all the whipping noise was? Hmm? That what the whipping noise was? Yes, that was that's precursor. It. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 heard a lightsaber go off, and that was it. The right. No more Ryan Johnson and no more really great intelligent sci-fi films. For the, the Passion of the Johnson. <laughs> terrible, terrible just, title. Just go back and watch Brick, you idiots. Uh, or Loop. I prefer Loop and Brick. But uh, let's see what else happened this year. Oh, uh, we, we've had a few deaths. That's been quite sad. Yeah, um, Tom Petty died, and I was really yeah that that, that was a big that one cut you on that, that one that one yeah. that cut you the most. Didn't yeah. come up the most, but it's yeah. It's, Definitely a big one. And, uh, and well, let's see what else. Uh, let's see, Disney bought Fox. That was one. That was huge. That was recently. That was recent. That was big. Um, I mean, all the controversies. Yeah, many controversies. Should we call them that? Let's call them. <laughs> let's, let's, call them let's call them the troubles. <laughs> the <shall> we? troubles. <laughs> We're not Irish. <laughs> you don't get to just sweep things under the historical yeah. rug with the, the troubles. troubles. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. we've got ten films we loved more than any others this year. And I think, it, as it's the end of the year, it's our last last show. Obviously, we're pre-recording this before Christmas. It's going out after Christmas. It is currently Friday the 22nd. 22nd. This will go out, I'm assuming, a week from today. Um, so let's let's go through what we have for our ten Best films of the year. When we get to number, when we get to number three, we're going to give you our worst picks of the year. When we get to number two, before we get to number one, we'll go through them all again for you. And until then, let's start at the bottom. Number ten. I only watched this film this week. 
Oh, but yes. I loved it. <laughs> is this Brigsby Bear? This is Brigsby Bear. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Brigsby Bear. And this was a quite a recent release here as well. This has been around for a while because it was a South by Southwest film. Yeah, but I think it only got general here very recently. Yeah, very, I think it was about three, three weeks, three, four weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Really, really great fun. Uh, so this was, this was kind of like a really dark-hearted blast from the past. Yes. Like the movie Blast in the Past, not an actual Blast in the Past. Not like, you know, an A-Rex girlfriend or anything like that. It's an actual mm. movie Blast in the Past. Um, basically, that movie, if uh, Brennan Fraser was on PCP. Um, so basically, you've got Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Who has co-written this movie, who stars in it, and he's a young boy who... Well, young boy, college, sort of college-age boy who's being uh, raised underground in a bunker mm. because I think he's been told the Earth is polluted and toxic. That's yes, a, that's, that's essentially all he knows, and he's not allowed outside. Um, I think he is, he's meant to be a bit older than College Age as well. Do they? Like, um, Carl Mooney in real life is 33. I was estimating that he's probably like... 25? Yeah, mid to late 20s, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, so obviously the FBI raid his home. They reveal to him that his parents are in fact his childhood abductors, and he has a real family on the outside waiting for him, and he decides um, he that his only, the only thing in the world he wants to see that can make him feel comfortable are his beloved videotapes, The Adventures of Brigsby Bear, a sort of retro VHS 80s sci-fi yeah. um, kid show? A show that nobody else has seen because his kidnappers come <laughs> parents have been the ones to make it yes mark hamill who's the dad <laughs> has been hiring and was it like an aircraft hangar or something yeah. to film this and yeah yeah built all the sets shot the show just for him just so, to program yeah. sort of his son and of course he decides now that he's out in the outside world he's going to make the brigsby bear movie we've got a quick clip for you james just the man i was looking for wait where's all your soldier stuff huh i'm off duty right now now look, there's no way I could get you everything on that list, all right? But forensics does have more evidence than they know what to do with. So I figured they wouldn't miss a couple items, like... The Sordis Crystal! That's what I thought. Yeah, and I found uh, this in back. Wasn't on the list, but... Vortep Staff! I thought, I thought that was stuck in a time flux. I don't know what that is, but it's got a nice weight to it. And uh, last but not least, one of these bad boys... That's Brigsby. Carl Mooney there, and wow. And that was, that was Greg Kinnear in the clip as well. Um, yeah, well, such a good cast. It's a really yeah. good cast, isn't it? You've got, uh, is it Michaela Watkins from Casual, uh, is his birth mother? Yep. And, uh, Matt Walsh's, Matt Walsh's dad. Birth dad. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who plays the sister. And obviously you've got Mark Hamill as, as his Yeah, uh, and uh, his Jane, Jane Adams as well. Yeah, and, and the pair of them, I don't think Jane Adams gets enough to do, because obviously she's less, I think, less of an important character on his life than his father. His father, father yeah. is very much the nurturing one. Yeah. And Mark Hamill, in his first of two appearances in this ball, <laughs> absolutely. It's a good year, it's isn't a good it? Year, it's a good year when Mark Hamill's in the, in the top ten yeah. twice, yeah. Um, and I think he's great. I think Mark Hamill is the standout in this for me. I, I mean, obviously, Carl Mooney's terrific. Yeah, I'd like he to see Carl Mooney in more films. He's um, he's becoming one of those people from SNL now that I I want to see him outside of SNL. I like that about SNL. I like yeah. when you get a good break. It's kind of like how Bobby Moynihan became. Like I want to see him in more things. Yeah, and- like once you've been there for like five or six years, it's like now is the time. But you kind of go and go like, break out. Like Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon is now she's a star in her own right and has been for a couple of years. Yeah, and- Kate McKinnon's going to be literally the next big thing. She just needs a vehicle. She needs a bridesmaids or I think action comedy. For Kate McKinnon, I could totally see her. In yeah, well, 
She was the best thing in Ghostbusters. She was. She yeah. was the best thing in Ghostbusters. And and so cute as Holtzman. Just so cute. Yeah, Holtzman's incredible. Yeah, I yeah. love Holtzman. Like, how did that not become the big costume? Oh, yeah, Harley Quinn. Um, so, yeah, uh, Brixie Bear, absolutely to, uh, superbly directed by Dave McCrary, who gets the the weirdness of it, and he really leans into that. And it's well, it's, a, um, it is, uh, it's a Lonely Island production yeah, as well. Did you notice crazy. that their distributor logo is the Sony Classics logo with their name inserted in place of Sony Classics? Yes, I did. I love that. It's brilliant. Why? Yeah. Like, that's so random. <laughs> I love with, it. With, with, like, the blue screen. Yeah. yeah. That, that day-glow <laughs> blue screen and the simple white text. Mm. And incidentally, Call Me By Your Name is not in this list. So if that's what you're looking for, please, please stop now. Number nine. The Disaster Artist. Which I've not seen, but you Still, have. I have. I this love. is the only one in our ten that I haven't seen. I've seen everything. You've this seen everything. Amazing. You are ahead of me in 2017, sir. So uh, give me the plot of The Disaster Artist real quick. Uh, once again, um, it is about the creation of the worst... No, of the best worst film ever made. <laughs> Essentially, it's based on a book by Greg Sestero, who was in The Room, yes. which it's based on, and centers around um, Tommy Wiseau, who was the producer, the writer, the director, the star, wrote theme tunes, sang the theme tune to <laughs> The Room. And it's about how him and Greg met, how they became friends, how <laughs> The Room was made, essentially. And it's just great. Okay, we have a clip. Yeah. Tommy, hey. Hey. What is this? Uh, this is Amber, who I was telling you about. Oh, girlfriend. Um, I, I don't know. Um, okay. Well, I don't have time for this. I'm very busy right now. I have to change really quickly and go. Okay. Is, is everything all right? Yeah, everything great on my end. You heard of Konstantin Stanislavski? Of course. Yeah, he's like the greatest acting teacher of all time. Yeah. And now he taught me acting teacher. He seemed something special in me. You know, maybe, you know, I'll become a big star. So I have first class this evening. Well, pretty sure Stanislavski's dead. No, he's not dead. I just speak to him for your information. What do you think I speak to, girls? No. no. Okay, I'll let you know how it is, baby face. Maybe you can join me someday. Maybe I will. Not so good. This film is great. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I'm, yeah. This is why I was so willing. I was so willing to just have it in the top ten because you were so passionate about it, mm. and a lot of critics of friends of mine, like particularly Nigel Andrews of all people, uh, said absolutely that's top ten of the year material. It's really good. You've got it's to genius. see it. Mm. It yeah. is. It's moving. It's heartwarming for something that kind of shouldn't be. We turn Tommy Wiseau into this sympathetic character. But he shouldn't be. But he shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't exactly but you, you see him now in interviews, and it's like, oh, Tommy, instead of, uh, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Which I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm told the Franco performance that that's the key, that that's the anchor. Yes, although my favourite performance in it is uh, uh, Josh Hutchison playing the guy who plays Denny in The Room. Oh, right. kind of nails it. I'd forgotten he was in this. He's amazing. Like, for, for being mm. like, like for like, he is, yeah, he's Fairly spot on. Oh, I didn't realise Ari Grainer's in it as well. Uh, Ari Grainer plays plays the character who plays Lisa. Yes, yeah, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of such those. a good. Uh, Paul Shears in it. Paul Shear plays the DOP. Seth Rogen who produced it with uh, Point Grey. Zephron. Zephron is Chris R, oh who is one of my favourite characters from the room. Jackie Weaver, this is got yep. Sharon Stone, Jess Manzukas, Hannibal Barres, June Diane Raphael, Megan Mullally. The, the core three from How Did This Get Made. Yeah, I was going to say they're yeah. all in there. Well, That's weird. 
this film is kind of like attributed to them a little bit because Greg was on the of podcast course, to talk yes. about the room before the book The Disaster Artist came out. They've now done a special as well, haven't they? I've listened a, to a special it, episode yeah. of How Did This Get Made yeah. about The Disaster Artist. So, like, yeah, kind of in a way, it's they, come full they circle. Are, it has come full circle. Mm. Like, the traction really picks up when he was on that podcast, and I think that's how James Franco got hold of it. So we're a month out from, like, the awards season properly kicking off, I would say. Well, not a month out, we're a couple of weeks out mm-hmm. from the awards season really kicking off. Uh, where do you think this is going to land? Because there, there's buzz. I would not be surprised if it gets screenplay, nod. I, 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 I think... Adapted screenplay, is it? It, 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 it would be adapted, yeah. yeah. And I honestly think James Franco is going to get a nod for actor, for which, for would, actor. Be, which wow. would be incredible. Because you forget that you're watching James Franco. And isn't that the whole point, really? Well, I am definitely looking forward yeah. to this film. And I tell you what, uh, good or bad, whatever I think of it, when I finally, finally get to see it, I'm calling you. Number eight. The Big Sick. The Big Sick, which this was something. I think I caught a very early screening of this over the summer. And it was when I was supposed to be having a week off the week that was actually getting released. And I think I saw a screening about a month in advance. And uh, and then I think I talked it up for ages. And then you saw it as well. And we were both like, yes, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, I really love it. Uh, okay, so this is um, this is the sort of kind of the, the breakout uh, film for Kumail Nanjiani, who we're both fans of anyway. Because of Silicon Valley. Because of Silicon Valley. I like, I like him in Franklin and Bash as well. And he started to turning up in films like Fist Fight and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, what, what was that Zephron film? Mike and Dave. Mike, yes. Yeah. Mike and Dave he's, need wedding He's dates. the funny part of that film. He, he genuinely is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is loosely based on the actual story of how he met, fell in love with and married his wife. Um, Emily, Emily V. Emily Gordon. Emily V. V. Gordon. Is it v. Gordon. Gordon. V. Gordon. Yeah. Um, v, v is a middle initial. It's not yeah. the Gordon. No, it's, yeah. not, it's not the Gordon. It's Emily <laughs> yeah. V. Gordon. And it is the story of how they met, they hooked up one night, um, they had a short-lived relationship. She, she was put into a medically induced coma due to a, a pre-existing condition she had uh, very suddenly. He is mistakenly added as her emergency contact and he basically has to contend with her parents when they come to visit to check in on their uh, their uh, medically out of capacity daughter. Here's a clip. Hi. Hi. Um, my name's Kamel. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, we saw you before. Now that the niceties are out of the way, um, I have to tell you that when you yelled at me, it really threw me off and uh, you really shouldn't heckle comedians. It's so rude. I didn't heckle you. I just woohooed you. It's- Supportive. Okay, that's a common misconception. Uh-huh. But yelling anything at a comedian is considered heckling. Heckling doesn't have to be negative. So if I if I yelled out like, "You're amazing in bed," <laughs> that'd be a heckle. Yeah, or be an accurate heckle. Kumail Nanjiani, I'm a huge fan. You're a huge fan. Do you think this did him justice? Yes, I think he did himself justice. Oh, well, did themselves so, justice. They both wrote it. Wrote they it both together. wrote it yeah. together, didn't they? Who directed this one? Now it's uh, it is uh, Mike uh, Showalter. It is, yes. Yeah, who's in uh, Wet Hot American Summer and loads of good That's stuff. That's the answer. He's, he's great. But this is, it's, it's got, am I right in thinking it's got a producing credit somewhere on there for Judd Apatow? It is, isn't it? Yeah, Japatow has been yeah. all over this, really. Japatow, yeah. <laughs> we, we just don't do first names. No. We treat everyone like they're Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kanjiani, as he yeah. is. Yeah. So, Kanjiani... Um, 
really, really winning in this. And the weird part is, the film, if you want to break it down, is insanely simplistic. It's If you want to break it down, it's nothing more than a gender flipped while you were sleeping. And yet, it's so charming and so personable. It's written so well, so insightfully. But it's more than that. It's got more than just it's a gender flipped while you're sleeping, because it's got all the stuff about his heritage and his race, and exactly. that's where all the club stuff comes and from. And that's, that's the thing. It's, it's yeah. that personality that he brings to it, that flavour that he, he adds to it. Particularly as far as, as her parents go as well, because they are far more developed as characters than they have any business being, and they absolutely own the film. The stuff with his family as well, the uh, the, the racial the side of marriage that, stuff. I love that so much. It's brilliant seeing that done. And in a year that's finally seen Hassan Minaj begin to ascend mm. the comedy uh, the comedy ladder, I'm really glad Kumail Nanjiani got there, kind of, and, and stuck his claim before Hassan crept up behind him. And, <laughs> and he'll, be, he'll be next year's. So Hassan can have next year, and I'm very much because he's got the Melissa McCarthy movie, isn't it? No, Kate McKinnon movie. Kate McKinnon movie, yeah, yeah, he's got M- Kate maybe that's Kate McKinnon movie. Wait maybe for. that's it, yeah. Uh, Kate McKinnon Mila Kunis movie about the mm. spy ex boyfriend or something. He's clearly going to be John Hamm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we've got <laughs> that to look forward to next year. But this year, I, the, you know, the the breakout comic uh, performer tag that absolutely goes to Camille Nanjiani. If you haven't seen the Big Sig absolutely check it out and on a personal note if you've ever been mixed race living in uh, in western culture there's an entire other reason to check this out and it absolutely pays off with the latest film news and reviews this is off screen the on-screen radio show and we're back so mr allen shall we uh, on to the next one number seven Colossal. Oh, I thought he said Kurt Russell then. Oh, I wish Kurt Russell was in this. <laughs> number seven is Kurt Russell. <laughs> well, he's also number six as well. And he's the rest of the top ten because he's Kurt Russell. Yes, that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, Kurt Russell. He's Jack Burton. <laughs> There's a reason he starred in a movie called Miracle. The man has worked solidly for 50 years. He is what a What a reference. A Disney ice hockey film. <laughs> that's, a, that's an actual line yeah. of dialogue from American Dad. Okay, nice. so Colossal, which I don't think anyone expected this to be anywhere near as, uh, as, as impressive as it actually was. This stars Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, of all people. It is written and directed by Nacho Vigilondo, who I always remember him as having brought us uh, Open Open Windows, was it? The the Elijah Wood uh, cybercrime thriller movie. Yes. But he did something higher profile, and I absolutely forget what that was. Open Windows. Is it something called, like, like, is it Time Crimes or something? I think like it is. That. Yeah, it is absolutely Time Crimes. You are right. Yeah. Uh, so the general gist here is you have a sort of feck alcoholic she is without feck she is without feck Feck played by uh, Anne Hathaway who is dumped by her boyfriend goes back to her hometown uh, starts hanging out in the local bar with sort of a childhood friend played by Jason Sudeikis and discovers that when getting blackout drunk in the middle of the night at a very certain time she has the ability to control (laughs) this just sounds insane when you say it control a kaiju on the other side of the world and her exact physical actions are mimicked by the kaiju who is unintentional intentionally destroying Japan. Here's a good... So, you don't remember anything we talked about last night, huh? I got really melodramatic, didn't I? Well, uh, told me that you weren't really on a vacation, that you've been looking for a job for a year, and you've been living with your boyfriend, Tim, and uh, didn't work out. And since you didn't have any money, you decided to move back here for a little while. For the record, I figured out that you were broke on my own, so you don't have to feel bad about it. Oh, well, congratulations. Is there anything else? I told you that if you wanted to give me a hand at the bar, you're more than welcome. You'll make a little money while you were staying here. What did I say? (laughs) You said yes. 
<laughs> Hathaway there, and yeah, I love this. And it even managed to squeeze Dan Stevens in there for good measure because it's a 2017 movie. He's been in a lot this year. He has, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's like him and Donald Gleeson. <laughs> exactly. Everywhere. Yeah. Can't move for um, By the way, I don't know if I told you this. Uh, Donald Gleeson, when he was at the uh, last July press conference, I was, I was physically watching him and uh, he really physically reminded me an awful lot of you. I, I just really? gotta say, it's just the way he carries himself. Yeah, right. It's it's just I was just watching him for like I, I was staring at him for a very, really long time. I was like, it's, it's like Case, but ginger and famous. <laughs> give it time. <laughs> give, give it time. You'll get ginger eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so no, I, I really enjoyed this. Some great uh, supporting performances from the likes of Austin Stoll and Tim Blake Nelson in particular. Um, I love Tim Blake. I Nelson. know he's, he's the Marvel villain we always deserved and never quite <laughs> got, isn't he? Yeah, because they set him up, they never gave. He's him been to set us. up in two Marvel films. He has, hasn't yeah. he? Yes. Um, but here's the thing with with Colossal. I mean, it's well shot, it's well written, but it's well written in a sense of real genuine surprise, and it goes to very dark, very creepy mm. places in a way that you don't quite expect, but never feels out of step with the actual story. It's far more bonkers than even you'd think, even from just the plot description, and Hathaway is genuinely brilliant in it, and I think it's the best performance we will ever see from Jason Sudeikis. Hands Bold. down. Bold. Are, are you not a fan of Jason Sudeikis? No, no, I like Jason Sudeikis. You just think, it is a very good performance. He's a very good, yeah. he's a good performer, but I think this is a terrific performance. performance. Because right. yeah. the, the the gamut that he gets to run here, I think really shows you what he can do. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I don't think we'll it's get... It's darker that. than you think it's going to be. And at the same time, he's funnier than you think he's going to be. You think gonna be. he's just going to be, oh, he's the romantic lead for this. Yeah, and at the same time, he's kind of a villain. At the other time, he's kind of a love interest, and he's kind of a neglect. Uh, an abusive boyfriend he's kind mm. and he's so many things and he pulls them all off and I, I i if this is the best performance we ever get from him i'd say that's good, good that's a good yeah. career that's a really good career were you a fan of Colossal? of course i was yeah excellent in which case number six hello georgie <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure in the edit the button's in there don't worry <laughs> so um it's which... uh, it IT, yeah. Well, no, 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 because that movie came out this year as well. <laughs> yeah. That movie finally got a release this year. Uh, is that not the one with the, the Pierce Brosnan? That's the Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, but that's, that's the one that's on our top oh. ten, isn't it? Oh, God, no. I was, put, I was putting it with Bill Skarsgård on the worst. Oh, it's been, a, it's been a classic mix-up. <laughs> oh, typical screwball like. error. Yeah. Ad, admin faults, that is. That's always a problem with the temps. That's what that is. <laughs> um, so this was, is this still the highest grossing horror film of however long there's like ever yeah I don't know if it's the highest grossing our gro- uh, the, the highest grossing our rated film because not our rated Deadpool had yeah. that and I don't know if they still have it or but not but this was a monster this wasn't was it? huge made so much money so based on the iconic Stephen King novel uh, you have a group of young children aka the losers in their small town in Maine who find themselves facing off against an otherworldly clown known, known as Pennywise yeah uh, who is not necessarily a clown it's not really. It's a sort of vaudeville entertainer, I suppose. It's not even that. Um, it's oh, just that's that's why it's called it because it can yeah, be anything. it can be anything it yeah. can be anything. But because it likes to scare people the most and it likes to scare kids the most because they taste the best, <laughs> he decides to be a clown because kids get scared of clowns. I'm just putting it out there. This movie came out before we all knew about Roy Moore. Just just putting it out there. Okay. And that's, so. It's also what he says in the film. He, well, he goes for kids <laughs> because, does, yeah. yeah, 
And he scares them because it salts the flesh, which is such a creepy sentence. And something only Stephen King could come up with. I'll tell you what, here's a clip. Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. Do you want a balloon too, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Now we aren't strangers, are we? I should get going now. Without your boat? Here. Take it. Uh, I love this. Absolutely love this. And it's Andy Muschietti. He yes. directed this in his second directorial effort. Yeah, he did um, Mama with Jessica Chastain. Which, and two-thirds was... great, and yeah, and then you got this, which is all great. Yeah. And wow. So great. So confidently really made. Doing. And, yeah. yeah. And the performances by the child actors. Yeah, like, I, they're all standouts. They, they're all... <laughs> it, it's hard to pick a favourite one. I, I, yeah, I, I feel like it would be unfair the, to do that. That's it. For, I think after about 20 minutes at the beginning of the film, I didn't quite like Finn Wolfhard from uh, Stranger Things, because I thought it was just a nothing character he'd been given. But yeah. then, once he's given something to do... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it works. And he's very much a young Will Wheaton. Sorry, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Um, Will Wheaton. I want Bill Hader to play him in the film. That would be amazing. In the, in the next one. Well, actually, they're supposed to be about 40, aren't they, in the next this one? This is the thing, so... yeah. There's been a lot of, like, yeah, ardent fan them. casting. Obviously, Jessica Chastain is everyone's favourite to be... I like is Amy it? Adams. And Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's Amy Adams or, just, or, or Jessica Chastain, but Jessica, Jessica Chastain did Mama. Yeah. So she's got form so of Adam Machete. Yeah. Well, apparently yeah. Idris Elba wants in as well. So, you know, that's the whole That'd Molly's cool. Game connection with Jessica Chastain. So that could oh, happen. Uh, but no, I think I the, the, the obvious star of this is totally Bill Sarsgaard. Yeah. And wow. It's pretty like genius this, casting. I kind of had no idea who he was before. I you saw just knew he was and, a Skarsgård. You knew, and he has that Skarsgård... Uh, ta- Sarsgaard or Sars- Skarsgård? Scars, isn't he's it? He's a Scar. Peter is a Scar. Okay, that's, yeah. that's what I need to remember. <laughs> uh, so, the classic Skarsgård appeal, and... I mean, it's just such a creepy and brilliant film, and even the stuff that should be cartoonish and not work does work, and it's things like the sequence with the, the projector. They have a... Which we've seen in the trailer. In the movie, you'd think this is going to go far, far cartoony than it does, but it works, and it's genuinely terrifying. Uh, I can't wait to watch it again. I don't know about you. Yeah, and I can't um, wait for chapter two. Oh, no. We've got 18 months? No, 18 months, They've dated years? it. They've dated it's it. It's something like two years. End, end of 2019, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, consider me first in line. Number five. Blade Runner, the second one. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner 2049. Much better title. Well, this is this was the sequel that I think everyone thought it's either going to be mind-blowing or pants. And the fact that it's on this list suggests that the latter was not the case. It was mind-blowingly pants. It was mind-blowingly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was great. My mind was yeah. blown within my pants? No. No, no, that doesn't no, work. That doesn't let's work. not say that. Okay, so uh, Denis Villeneuve, I think, has had, is, is coming off the back of just the most amazing run. 
and he's just the most perfect director to have helmed this arguably unnecessary in you know in theory and then you watch the film and actually very necessary mm. and evolutionary sequel to one of the great sci-fi movies in which we're back in LA it's 30 years on from the events of of the first blade runner which was 2019 this is obviously 2049 and we have a new blade runner with a completely different set of skills played by uh, Ryan Gosling his name is K I believe yes um, who discovers during the course of a routine Blade Runner investigation that replicants mm, have something new added to the equation, something new that could potentially shift the entire balance of society as they know it. Uh, we have a clip. Every leap of civilization was built off the back of slaves. Replicants are the future, but I can only make so many. I had the luck, and he has the key. I think I found him. That's not possible. If this gets out... We've bought ourselves a war. So Blade Runner 2049, it gave us great performances from uh, from from Ryan Gosling, from uh, Robin Wright, uh, from Anna Diarmis, from Dave, Dave Batista. Yeah, and Lenny James turned up. I mean, this was yeah. a great movie. And Jared Leto's there as well. And Jared Leto is He's just there because it's a movie in 2017. Abdi is there, yeah. the captain. Yeah, and of course, uh, Mr. H. Ford himself. H. Fords. Um, H. Fords. H. Fords. Yeah. Harry, Harry Ford. <laughs> and, and it's always weird seeing Harrison Ford get into a flying vehicle that he's not piloting. But uh, Yeah, and say something that is quite coherent and not just... Yeah, yeah, he's actually acting in this. Yeah. That was the big surprise for me, actually, this film. Other than the fact that it was mind-blowingly stunning, it was... Yeah, it's beautiful. ...a glorious, wonderful film. Um the thing that really blew me away was how good Harrison Ford was. Mm, I expected really everyone good. else in this film to be good. I really did. I thought Robin yeah. Wright's never from Sometimes you kind of expect Harrison Ford to just like turn up and just kind of coast by. It's the Jeff Bridges effect. Yeah. You bit. think they, they, they've made their career. They can, they're kind of... Just be there and be yeah, Jeff Bridges. They're added value elements now. Yeah. And Harrison Ford uses it as an opportunity to genuinely step up to the play. Perhaps in a way that he didn't even in The Force Awakens, I don't think, in, in Star Wars. Yeah, I prefer him in this than old Han Solo. Very actually. much. And there's one very pivotal scene, I think, involve, pivotal scene involving him and Jared Leto and another character that you just think, wow, I can't believe. Yeah, I'm, I I'm genuinely this, can't yeah. believe I'm seeing this. Wow. Yeah. I love uh, the thing that I think it was uh, Beyond Australia guys did yep. when we said that uh, now that we've had like old Han Solo, we've seen old Indy, we've seen old Deckard. We need old witness. Old, <laughs> re witness Air Force Two. Yes. We're getting Air Force Two that starts Jared Butler. We are, yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, we are going to do like a looking forward to next year film. Oh, list. definitely. Is that yeah. next year? Yeah. Oh, thank God. That's I something know. to look forward to next year. But yeah, more of those in the podcast. More Jared Butler films. The yeah, last of everything we'll, else. We'll get to those. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ah, we're back, Mr. Allen. So, uh, I think we've done number six, we've done number five. There's only one place we can go now. Number four. Logan. This was an obvious one. I think for a lot of people, this is going to be number one this year. This was a huge hit. I don't know, I don't know if it's going to be up there. I mean, it's about for us, number four, it's pretty ace. <laughs> yeah. You've done well. We have, we have high standards, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> but uh, Logan, which, let's be honest, this is this is the third of the Wolverine solo series, and I don't, it's not a series that came with really high expectations. The Wolverine was, was just pretty okay. Go on. We have had a good year for third entries to superhero films. We have. And if you count 
the third iteration of Spider-Man as well. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It has been very Ragnarok was amazing. Yep. Homecoming and this. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, in fact, this is the weird thing. I was actually looking. We did wind up with uh, three of the three of this year's cop movies in our top ones. And every single one of them is objectively something different. And that's for an industry that we're constantly told is, you know... Oh, it's, it's going uh, to die. It's going to die. It's killing the industry. It's taking its same... It's the same formulaic nonsense. Now, look it's at not. Logan. <laughs> Just look at Logan. I've not seen Logan Noir... And I have the opportunity this next week to see it in 4K, and I'm really, That'd really looking nice. forward to it. And uh, oh, I'll have to get you along for that. Incidentally, I'll give you the details later. Oh yeah, I'll Logan 4K Noir. Nice. I'm so looking forward to that. Um, so Hugh Jackman is back. It's the sorry, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yep. uh, he is back. It is the dystopian future. Mutants are now dying out. Uh, there's been no new mutants born in two decades I think we're told Mm. Uh, Wolverine himself is starting to lose his healing ability he's numbing the pain with booze and pills he's caring for an elderly uh, Professor X whose mental deterioration threatens to take down the world Mm. with him Stephen Merchant's there and Stephen Merchant's there I forget what his ability is Callisto I don't remember actually I think as far as I remember I think don't quote me I think Callisto's thing was finding other mutants I think you're right with that, actually. I think that's it. Yeah. I don't remember. He, he appears in X-Men Apocalypse as well, played mm. by a different actor, which I always found really odd, because it's yes. like within a year. Because um, completely different ethnicity as well, because I think he's Eastern European in Apocalypse, and he's and clearly British. Yeah. In Very British. Oh, well, you can't get more British. No, no. There's British, and then there's Stephen Merchant. I mean... Somerset accent. Exactly. Yeah. And Stephen Merchant is a man who doesn't have earlobes. He has Earl Grey tea bags. But <laughs> <laughs> that's how British he is. Uh, so the idea is, of course, Logan uh, finds something of a redemption in the form of a young girl played by Daphne Keane, who has more of a biological tie to Wolverine than anybody even he expects. We have a clip. Hey, to Mr. Monson. You understand you're trespassing right now, right? I have an easement with the previous owner of your property. <laughs> previous being the operative word. Who's this? Just a guy telling you to get back in your nice truck. Go play Okie Dickhead somewhere else. Hey, Carl. It looks like Mr. Monson hires some muscle. Looks that way. He's a friend of mine. Friend with a big mouth. I hear that a lot. And you probably hear this, too. More than I'd like. And you know the drill. I'm going to count to three. And you're going to start walking away. Yeah, right to this one. One. I have a lawyer now. Two. Three. So James Mangold returning to direct this after having directed The Wolverine. And having and after this, he did the reshoots on The Greatest Showman. I think we've, we've recently yes, learned as well. So there's obviously a working relationship there with Hugh Jackman. Sorry, Huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. Yeah. Say it right. That absolutely works. And you look at something like Logan, you think, yes, that, that's a relationship that I think we need to see more of. Yeah. Um, it, this is an absolutely stellar effort. I mean, this is a film you can show to someone who isn't a comic book fan. And well, I think a lot of people. In fact, didn't you say that? Didn't you overhear a conversation where someone was like, "Oh, we went to see this uh, amazing film, yes, Logan," but yeah. like d- didn't know anything about Wolverine? Yeah, t- yeah, turns out it was like an X Man or something. An X Man. Yeah. yeah, it was an X Man movie. That was it. I think they said that was an X Man movie. Like, oh <laughs> my god. Okay. Yeah, but that um, shows how good it is. It is, and I think it's very easy to just mistake it for a dystopian way. If you don't know, just mistake it for a dystopian western. Mm. And it's absolutely terrific. In that, is it uh, who's Holbrook, Boyd Holbrook? 
who plays the villain. Yeah, who's got something of a Sam Rockwell. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you, about him. you can't you know be I mean? a, a good old-fashioned quality redneck villain. Yeah. And, we, and we he's need, really good for that. Yeah, he's yeah. great. We need more of that. I, I think, I'm, I'm excited to see him in uh, Predator. Yes, yeah. and I hope he's still doing redneck in that because that would be more awesome. redneck. Yes. More redneck, please. Come on, Boyd, make it happen. Um, Daphne Keane, I think, is tremendous in this. Mm. I don't know how they could bring her back into the the series, given that this takes place in what seems to be an alternative time. And now the whole, you know, the Disney thing. Yeah, um, but yes, please make her a Disney princess. Please make yes. <laughs> uh, please make Laura a Disney princess. I, I make Logan this. a Disney prince. Yes, yeah. I, I want to see Logan as a Disney prince, played by Hugh Jackman. And, uh, and Hugh Jackman's essentially a Disney prince. Oh, he is. He's a real life Disney prince. That's who you who you get if you needed a real yeah. life. Yeah, totally. You get out, or you get John Hamm to be like an older prince, Eric. That's, <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> I want John Hamm to star in my my pitch for a, uh, a sort of reality set Prince Charming movie, in which his life goes to hell after getting the girl. But uh, That'd be good. that would be like yeah. he gets her and she's a nag. Mm. Yeah, like she, she's she's like constant, like constant pain in the ass, like that. <laughs> That's a movie I want to so see. So you need John Hammond, like Kristen Wiig. Yeah, John Hammond, yeah. Kristen Wiig could absolutely pull that. Or oh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Adams what is it even Amy Adams today? <laughs> Everything about me is about Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. Unless it's Justice League, in which case I'm, I'm sorry I've ever seen her. But, um, no, I think this is genuinely a brilliant, brilliant work. This is absolutely subversive work for the superhero genre. I want to see a lot more like it. Um, please do more films like this, more films that challenge, more films that are different. And to be fair, the next three films that we've got in this chart are all different and they are all challenging. So, on to the next one. Number three. Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> Talk about challenging and different, eh? So, don't tweet us. I said it with such trepidation. I know. Don't tweet us. And it shouldn't have don't to, because us. I don't care what you think. You shouldn't particularly care what, what I think. I know this is our top ten of the year, and I enjoy doing it, and it's good, and it's nice <laughs> to have an opinion and a conversation about things. But keep your stupid <laughs> comments in your pocket, to paraphrase the room. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes back to Tommy Wiseau with you, it doesn't does. it? It does right now, because we've been talking about a disaster artist. Okay, so I know we only reviewed this recently, but for the purpose of posterity, we have to go back to it. So, undefined time after uh, the events of The Force Awakens, Rey is on Achto, learning to become a Jedi with uh, Luke Skywalker. Or is she? Because he doesn't seem to be that willing to do it. Uh, in the meanwhile, Poe Dameron and Finn are off with the Rebel fleet, mm. basically being chased to death by the First Order um, in what can literally be described as the Empire Strike back um Finn teams up with a new character named Rose, played by Kelly Marie Tran, to go off on what's effectively a heist mission to give, to try and give the Rebels some kind of tactical advantage. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Poe and a new character, played by Laura Dern, Admiral Holdo, um, attempt to basically keep the dream of the Rebellion alive, as I think we're literally told at one point. Here's a clip.
loved it, loved it, loved it. If you don't, we don't care. So, there you go. Also, Porgs are amazing. Stop smack-talking them. Have you heard the whole uh, puffin thing? Yeah, yeah. Up? Apparently yeah. there were actual puffins on the island. Is that the thing? Yes. So they were filming. There were a lot of puffins. They couldn't film around them, so they just CG replaced them with porks. Mm. I absolutely love it, and that's that's the, the best possible explanation. That's yeah, like that's Harrison funny. Ford had a stomach bug, so they couldn't do a sword fight. That's that kind of look. And if you don't know what that story is, look that up, and it's one of your favourite moments in cinema and you just didn't know it. Um, so, yeah, I really love this. Mark Hamill is creepy and weird and awesome. Ray is genuinely an exciting character. Finn is given a, something re- of a real arc this time around. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran makes for a great new addition to the Star Wars franchise as Rose. Poe Dameron basically yeah, makes... way more to do. Yes. He basically <laughs> yeah. makes Oscar Isaac the blockbuster movie star we know he needs to be. And Well, he just needs his own... He does. His own vehicle, really. He needs a Star Wars story. We need Poe Dameron. I would much rather see that than Han Solo film. I would. I want Poe Dameron, a Star Wars... I would Poe rather Dameron, he- Top Gun with X-Wings. Yeah, you can't. You spin him off and you say, you've actually earned the right to lead now. Yes, that'd be amazing, wouldn't and it? And then you give him that story. Yes, and you can even cameo the other ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I still dream of Top Gun with X-Wings, and I think Oscar Isaac would well, absolutely rock that. I, th- I think that's all the cheese you've been eating. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> Oh. You need to stop eating cheese and falling asleep to Top Gun. I, I do. I clearly need to, yes. For the record, by the way, no, it's Crimson Tide I fall asleep to. That's <laughs> why so I have nightmares Any, about... Anything with Denzel. It's true. No, yeah. I just have nightmares about really poorly written uh, second draft dialogue by Quentin Tarantino. That's what uh, it is. Yeah. Wow, what a, what a burn. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, he's not doing very well now at all, is he? No, he's, oh, he's having to make that Star Trek film. Actually, that's the weird thing, because he's working with Abrams on that, who is then directing episode nine of this series it's all connected uh, so we loved The Last Jedi I think Ryan Johnson yeah. is an amazing director here like yeah. talk about bringing auteur level craft Definitely. to this series I think yeah I, I appreciate the fact that some people obviously didn't enjoy it or didn't like it but mm. it, it stems from the fact that they have they're so rooted in what these films should be in inverse commas yeah, and they've, they've dreamt up their own theories and if mm. whatever comes next doesn't match up with their theories they have to defecate on it <laughs> yeah. they, feel, they feel like it is their moral obligation and it's not it's a film it's a film we should enjoy and someone new took it and took it to a new direction and that is to be applauded for better or worse can we just acknowledge something as well about this film that nobody except a very small handful of people seem to have picked up on what's that which is there is a very slight reshifting in the personal life of former Princess Leia that is very visually signposted, yeah. and nobody seems to have picked up on it. Well, apparently, she is in the some of the books that she's in as well, uh, and they're, they're friends. They're, but, they're friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, there's a moment. There's a moment that just really calls that into question. I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be ace. I Pur- love that. Purple hair. That's all I'm saying. Purple hair. That would do there's, for me. There's a colour colour signifier there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, and that's awesome. That's because that's something Star Wars has never impressive. had. Yeah. And in a film that's full of things that Star Wars has never had before, yes. I'm can, can you imagine if Poe and Finn got together in like nine? I would love that. That'd be amazing. I would. Be amazing. I would love that. People would literally implode. <laughs> they really would. Because apparently, giving them something as minutely subversive as Skyfall in this case really blew their minds. So let's see if J.J. Abrams has got anything up his sleeve mm. next. Scarfo, you mean uh, James Bond doing uh, doing Home Alone? Exactly. Well, that's only its third act, isn't it? Mm. But the, the first two are licensed to kill, let's be honest. In which case, should we move on and pick our worst of the year? 
I'll let you go first because I feel like you've got something in the chamber. Well, I mean, want to go for. I've got a few that I really despised this year. Um, I mean, the, the obvious one is Justice League. There's That's why I'm one. letting you go I'm first. Not, I, I know, I've said enough on it. I'm just going to say it's rubbish. I'm just going to say it's not a complete film, that it should never have been released, and nothing, literally nothing, about it works. That's it. There, there you go. I'm done on Justice League. Okay. You have one you'd like to uh, to smack talk, I believe? Yeah, so we saw a film called The Untamed. <laughs> I remember this. I was at a funeral. You covered the press shows. And, and I and I wish I was at the funeral. Yeah. And then I caught it on the screen link. I'm like, good God, how did he watch this? Yeah, Go good God, I feel so sorry for case. Do you even remember what it was about? Because I don't. I just remember it was awful. It's a Mexican film. There's, there's tentacle sex, for lack of a better Yeah, alien term. tentacle sex, yeah. There's, a, there's an asteroid that may or may not be heading towards Earth. <laughs> And it was the worst. I didn't even remember that. It's so bad. I'm looking for like the worst. Well, the supposed worst film list that everyone's been putting together. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's anything that I uh, despised quite as much. Oh. It was just uninterested and disjointed, and nothing, nothing about it worked. No, I absolutely go with that. To be honest, um, um, I haven't seen um, the next one I'm going to talk about, but I know you have. I know you're going to say it. Go on. So chips. Chips is uh, an exercise in how to actually write a comedy without making a single joke work. It is a film that is surprisingly, in 2017, just venomously homophobic. And I mean, I I mean, like, the predominance of homophobia in the film is just alarming. You you find yourself looking at something thinking, this is something that anybody, that any, someone thought was, was the writer someone's cousin? Like, what? What happened here? Hmm. It's it's something that you just it, it's it's a lot of 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 genital jokes, but not funny ones, and ones that are deeply rooted in just nasty homophobia, which they think is played for charm and, and isn't. Also, it's a film in which I remember walking out of Warner Brothers afterwards, and I was I was walking next to Henry Fitzherbert, who was at that time the critic for the Express, and he said to me, "Just have interest. What was the villain's?" scheme in that because yeah I, I don't know well it was vincent nofio so weaponizing something yeah i think he was weaponizing cops weaponizing chips uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. couldn't tell you what have you got I did. uh i'm gonna say uh, the book of henry oh yeah this which bad. i mean to be honest it's i hate it so much i kind of like and respect it a little bit <laughs> can we can we put geostorm in there then? oh I, i'm building geostorm <laughs> just you wait my friend just you wait fair enough yeah book of henry is kind of it's like the cinematic equivalent of I don't know, kind of like like fancying someone when you're at uni or something, and you go out on like a couple of dates with them, and mm. everything's going well, and like you make out with them, and then you realise that oh my god, she's my cousin. What? Exactly. It make it makes about as much sense. Okay, you know what it is to me. What? It's it's that courgette spaghetti. Courgette. Courgette. Yeah. It's like asking for going in for a pastiche, someone gives you courgette. Like, what the hell is it's this? It's just like a gut of all ah Yeah, yeah. Like, just what? like a realization of something really horrible. Oh, oh, I've got one I really want to chuck on this list. What's that? A dog's purpose. A dog's porpoise, which yeah. will be a better film. A dog's porpoise. It's, a, it's about it's, it's a loving tale of uh, the dog and his pet porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> this oh no, a dog's purpose was the dog who keeps getting reincarnated into another another dog whenever he dies, and yes. so basically it's like was it, was it uh, Josh Gad? 
Yes, Josh Gad voices a dog who changes uh, breeds, changes genders, changes decades, changes owners, and Danny Squide's in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of there was some abusive animals behind the scenes by all accounts, although that's been disputed since. Um, yeah, it's. Do you know what the animal abuse thing isn't even the worst thing about it? The film itself is a, is a form of abuse, but mm. uh, no, it's, it's just avoid that one with, with, with like the plague. Have you got another one? Um, I'll give I'll give another one to you, but I know you're going to say, but I've not seen again because I mean I it, didn't I didn't have to see it. Is it the shack? No, I've heard bad things about the shack. Yeah, the shack is Sam Worthington is yeah a, 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 a grieving father who goes to a cabin and talks o- to Octavia Spencer. She yeah, yeah, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit who are there as physical presences. Mm-hmm. So goes and talks to God in a cabin in the woods. I mean, really? I've just realised I need to talk about my my day. What was your day? Do you, do, you, do, you remember, do you remember the day where I saw three of the worst films of the you year? You did, yes! I've already spoke about one of them, Book of Henry. Book of Henry. So I started it um, with Transformers the last night. <laughs> oh, God, that was bad. That was really it's, bad. I mean, I don't think it's the worst one of the year, actually. Ooh, which bitch, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, maybe I do. You want to know, don't bad. you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see... I don't need to hear Sir Anthony Hopkins say, say dude. dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm so... Uh, yeah, I, I hate myself so much. I followed that with the Mummy. Oh my god! Yeah, the Mummy was bad. The Mummy was just the worst. Just the pits. There's there's been some stinkers this year. You got to admit. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was bad. And um, and I I'm gonna finish it up for myself with one of the worst films, but also one of the films that I love the very most Go this on. year. Geostorm. Oh, oh yeah, so bad that it was good. That, that that I don't. You know, let's not let's not even. That goes honorable mentions. Like that let's, totally. let's see that. Let's let's rescind it. Yeah, we're rescinding that. We'll, we'll, That's podcast extras. Jerry, Jerry, Honor- Jerry Butler. We'll put you there. Yeah, Jerry Butler goes in honorable mentions for uh, for Geostorm. And when we return, we'll get to the final two, and we'll do a quick recap with the latest film news and reviews. This is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show. We're back for one last ride of 2017. <laughs> so we are God Podcasts. We got family. <laughs> Did you, did you pronounce your bees? <laughs> right. So is, is, is that what Vin Diesel's mum says? Family. Yeah. Family. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So we've gone through 10 through 3. You know where that takes us next? Number 2. Paddington 2. Which? Yeah, so number 2 is Paddington 2. It's the best sequel, certainly of the year, maybe of the last five years. Can we just say, we are putting Paddington as a better sequel than Blade Runner 2049. Yes, we are. <laughs> if you look at it for what it is, yeah. if you compare it to the I stand by one, that. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Absolutely. So you're saying you compare it to the first one? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It is the perfect sort of family Christmas film, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, so Paddington's <laughs> back. He's, you know, he's integrated into the community. He is, you know, the man about town helping everyone because he's such a nice guy. And all he wants is he's to get a... best guy. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to get a pop-up book for his for his aunt. What's his aunt's name? I can't remember now. Um, nice. For his 100-year-old aunt. Um, i find out what his aunt's called. Thank you. They've both got great names. His they have, uncle. yeah. Um, he, all he wants is to get the pop-up book of London to send to his aunt in the nursing home for old bears in Peru. Mm. And uh, Aunt Lucy. Aunt Lucy. It's Aunt Lucy. I didn't... And Uncle Pastuzo. That's it. Did you know that's Michael Gambon, Uncle Pastuzo? Yeah, I did, oh, I yeah. Didn't. Is um, it um, uh, Imelda Staunton? 
Yes, it is. Yeah. It is a Melda Staunton. Uh, so he finds himself crossing paths with uh, with a former with, with a former acclaimed actor <laughs> to, uh, actor turned dog food spokesperson uh, Phoenix Buchanan, played by Hugh Grant, who frames Paddington for breaking into this antique store and stealing this pop up book. Paddington then goes to prison and basically has the plot of the great uh, the, the, the Grand Budapest Hotel, whilst his family, but you know. Hugh Bonneville, Sally Hawkins are all on the outside trying to prove his innocence. It's bonkers and it's brilliant. Here's a clip. In the past month, these three shadowy individuals have all been seen snooping around three London landmarks. Oh. We think the thief you saw is part of a criminal gang using the pop-up book as a treasure map. Well, it's a theory. Have you found out who they are? Not yet, dearie. Maybe I should take a look. I'm sorry, this is a private conversation. Oh, it's all right, Mr. Brown. This is my friend, Knuckles. Go here. And this is Fibs. G'day. Spoon. Hello. Jimmy the Snitch. All right. T-Bone. Watch out. The Professor. Hope. Squeaky Pete. Ow. Double Bass Bob. Hello. Farmer Jack. Okay. Mad Dog. Oof. Johnny Cashpoint. Catching. Sir Jeffrey Wilcott. I hope I can rely on your vote. And Charlie Rumble. <sighs> It's so wonderful to meet you all. Like you say, it's bonkers when you say it out loud, but uh, yeah, I loved it, you loved it, we all loved it. Evidently the British public loved it because they, a lot of them saw it. Yes, and it made all the money in this does. country. And I think it only just opened in America recently. Yeah, I think it is. It's just opening for Christmas. Yeah, they tend to get it a bit later, the Paddington films. Well, Paddington suffered because of the Weinstein Company as well, as far as it's... Oh yeah, they had to find a new... Didn't it go to like WB? I think it, Warner Brothers released yeah, it. Warner's yeah. got it. But that was the... The, actual, them. the <laughs> filmmakers themselves made that decision. They wanted yeah. to take it away from... from makes sense. Yeah. Weinstein. Uh, which is fine, fair, absolutely. It doesn't affect the film. Not at all. The film is tremendous. Hugh Grant mincing it up as a villain in... I just, loved him so much. This is... This is my favourite performance he's ever given, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because there's that, there's that amazing bit where Sally Hawkins has broken into his house. Yes. And she's going round, and there's all pictures of him, but it's all pictures of, like, peak yeah. hotness peak Hugh Grant. Grant. Yeah. With his fop. With, With his, his fop, hair. yeah. Yeah. Um, it must I, be so weird for him to film that. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, but there's, so, there's so many digs at himself, I think, as well, that, that I quite like. Mm. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, he's very game for it. <laughs> it is. And this yeah. film stops just short of a really thinly veiled prostitute reference, as far as <laughs> let's poke fun at Hugh Grant goes. Um, but no, he, he's an absolute scene stealer. And I'm sorry, but just Ben Whishaw, who was, let's be honest, was a second choice for Paddington, mm. is just iconic in this role. He's so perfect as as this 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 presence. Yeah, I can't imagine being anybody else now. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine the pre the, the planned Colin Firth version ever working. No, not at all. Uh, because it, it has that innocence to it that mm. I, I just love in this character. And, yeah, if you can see only one film this Christmas in a cinema, go and see Paddington 2. If you can see two, go and see Star Wars The Last Jedi. No, if you can see two, go see this twice. Oh, well, do you know what? Even better, yeah. See this twice. So, we need to uh, recap then before we get to our choice for the film of 2017. Okay, and, and before we mention... Geostorm. Before we talk about Geostorm, yeah. So let's go through what we've had so far. So at number 10, we've had Brigsby Bear. At number 9, we have The Disaster Artist. At number 8, we have The Big Sick. Number 7 was Colossal. Number 6 was It, Not IT, starring Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) Number 5 was Blade Runner 2049. Number 4 was Logan. Number three, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. And number two, Paddington 2. Which brings us nicely to... 
Number one. Get out. No. How dare you? <laughs> Look, I paid for that parking. I'll damn well come in here if I please. Hey, if Obama was running for a third term, I would have voted for them. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Get Out by the feature film debut of Jordan Peele. You've never seen a feature debut this genuinely refreshing from a comedian. This is something where you just thought, okay... How, how has this, this acclaimed comedic performer come out with something this genuinely disturbing? And that's the thing. It's comedic as well as genuinely terrifying. Yeah, well, there's always that fine line, but it should be between horror and comedy. And there is very much. And this is very much rooted in 70s, uh, 70s sociological, polit- sociopolitical horror. Uh, the general gist here is uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya? Kaluuya? Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Like, Daniel- the, like, 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 like the drink. Only not spelled the same. <laughs> really? <laughs> R.I.P. MCD. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, man, I miss that guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio doesn't, but, uh, you know, still. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that was a, see, that was a that really... Was a kingpin, very that was a real kingpin reference. reference. Yeah. Um, so Daniel Kaluuya um, stars as a young photographer who is in a relationship with uh, a white girl played by um, uh, Alison Alice Williams, Williams from, from Girls. Girls. Yeah. And the idea is he goes home for the weekend to meet her parents for the first time. Affluent, uh, affluent, sort of, the upstate New Yorkers? Something like that. Like, yeah. Or Connecticut or somewhere like that. Um, you know, leafy green suburban plant place. And they are played, of course, by Catherine Keener and... Brad uh, Whitford. Yeah, Bradders. Yeah, Bradders. Bradders. It's Josh Lyman, sorry. He's just calling Lyman, by his name. Josh, Josh Lyman. Lyman. Joshua Lyman, yeah. yeah. There's no Bradley Whitford. Oh, no. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he just, my man became that role. That's, yeah. that's it. He, he foresaw that identity. God, I love Josh Lyman. However, the arrival of this young African-American boy into uh, this family's life is greeted with a mysterious response, a response that he himself can't quite nail down. Mm. What is the secret behind this family? What is the secret behind this neighbourhood? And tell you what, here's a clip. So how long has this been going on, this this thing? (laughs) How long? (laughs) Four months. Four months? Mm. Uh, five months, actually. She's right. I'm wrong. Attaboy. Better get used to saying that. <laughs> I, please, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. She's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? No. This is exhausting. I don't know. I want to give you a tour. Can you, like, go. unpack first? You want to unpack? Before the tour? So, I love it. I think it's amazingly written. I think it's so funny. Uh, so well shot, and you know that that sequence of uh, one of uh, one of the only other black characters in the film just silently running towards. Yeah, camera. that became a pretty big meme this year. Yes, yes. Also, one of the most terrifying images, and, and yet there's nothing inherently scary on paper about that image. It just yeah, just the way that it's shot. It's chilling, isn't it? It's genuinely For me, chilling. It's, it's that, and then. One of the other only black characters in it, mm-hmm. the uh, maid. Yes. There's a bit where she's just like looking at the camera and she's like wide eyed and smiling and then it kind of begins to crack. This is it. it it's yeah. the it's the terror. I, I love that Jordan Peele has absolutely <coughs> nailed the idea of let's explore the terror behind behind the smile kind of thing. Mm. And the entire film is like that, where there is this entire smiley, happy veneer. And clearly there is something not quite right behind it. And he makes that genuinely terrifying. To be frank, it's one of those films where once once the hammer's down and that big reveal has come, to be fair, that 
that reveal could have ultimately been not very good, and the film would still have been great mm. because the build-up to it was so superbly executed. Yeah, it could have been a number of things, really. Yeah, could have gone anyway. Um, some people may be disappointed by what that reveal is. I, we weren't, and evidently no. we're not alone in that. But, uh, I mean, Bradley Whitford, so chilling. Absolutely chilling. Catherine Keener... As always, I've always found Catherine Keener unsettling. There is something about Catherine Keener. Yeah, I think so. She plays that well. I do. I feel like she can be like really sweet and really warm. And I think because she can be, she like can that, switch over. Way. So yeah. yeah. But Daniel Kaluuya, I thought was a great find. Amazing. Here. Yeah. I knew you from uh, the episode of Black Mirror. Yes, uh, he did the sort of X Factory one, didn't he? Yeah, I think that's the only one that I knew him from. I think I've never seen him. In, I knew I him as Tea Leaf from Psychoville. That, that's, oh yeah, the that's what I would. And also, he's in Sicario. He's Emily oh, yeah. Blunt's partner oh. in, in Sicario. So there's a few things. Actually. There's a couple of things, yeah. but they're not make, not lead roles. That he's always only ever been a sort of background supporting mm. kind of a player. And seeing him get this this moment shine. Like, oh yes, please. I, I do love the the idea that for a long time a lot of people didn't know he was British, and then when yeah, they his dis- accent is so good I mean, yeah. when he's doing press and stuff, and then when they discovered it, people like Samuel L. Jackson kicked off. So. That was really interesting. Yeah, that was weird. He, he did like retract that. He said, he did, "I didn't mean yeah. any disrespect to him." And finished. It's just <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, he's tremendous, isn't he?" I was just saying that. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, oh okay, Sam. I don't think you got that, but okay." <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me again about how you started the Matrix, but um, <laughs> you know, if we're going to go with things that offend you, let's let's ask about your time on the, time yeah. the Matrix, um, because yeah, that that was obviously a quite a big uh, thing. That was a huge thing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, get out then. Our film of 2017, and did you feel kind of early on that that was going to be the case when you saw it? Possibly. Yeah. I, I had that feeling. I had an inkling. Yeah, I came out thinking. There's a good chance. I was like, this this could probably be it, and I'd be fine with that. You knew for sure it was a top ten. Yeah, yeah. You knew it was a top ten. You didn't know if it was going to be, you know, the the big number one, but definitely top ten. And so that brings to an end our top ten films of uh, 2017, which we agreed on quite effortlessly for a change. Actually, we usually have something of a back and forth. Yeah, the debate. We usually have we usually have something of a minor pocket row. (laughs) Yeah, we usually have that bit from like 1960s Star Trek where it's Kirk and Spock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like the sticks and everything. <laughs> the double ended axes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like a giant cut across my chest. Okay. Oh, good. Every time with the shirt. That was a line Star Trek Beyond, wasn't it? Every time with the shirt. A lot- yeah. oh, I damaged another shirt. It's Alan Rickman in Galaxy Quest, it says the other version. Mm-hmm. Always losing a shirt. And now i got to watch Galaxy Quest. Again. Oh, I love Galaxy Quest. Well, Paul Shears bringing it back. He's, yeah, he's doing a TV show. It's a good idea, that, I think. So, if you want to hear more uh, movies that we loved this year that weren't in the top 10, but were still sort of in our top 30, we'll say, because I think there's probably another 20 on there, uh, check out the uh, podcast extras <coughs> on Deezer, iTunes, Acast, uh, tune in. Um, and we'll be going through them a lot quicker than we did this one, to be fair. We're not going to leave them. But uh, check that out. And we'll be back uh, second week of January, I want to say. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Something like second week of January. And uh, until then, this has been Casey Dawkins on screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Case Allen. Enjoy what's left of this year. If we're still alive. If we're still alive. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut. That's so, A Monster Calls was nearly in our top ten. In fact, no, it was. It was in our top ten of 2016. And then we realised the... that it's actually a 2017 film. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It. I tried to put it in, I think because it was one of the last press shows of 2016. 
and it didn't actually open it to, to the public until New Year's Day. Yeah. So it was about as 2017 as you could get. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> we are claiming it for honourable mentions. It re- we could have put it in the top 10. It was so good, wasn't it? Yeah. Did, did it break you at all? Did, did you, did you, it did it break anyone? Anyone? I didn't cry. I did. I absolutely did. But, yeah, definitely hurt my soul a little bit. Oh, so good. Yeah. I, I really want to watch that again. I haven't had a chance all year. I'm hoping, because I've got the Christmas break, we're like two weeks off. Um, I, I think that's going to be one of the films I'm going to try and push to, to get get watched. Mm. I also want to rewatch The Princess Bride, but that's not from this year, so... <laughs> I could watch it every year. In fact, I watch it most years. I haven't watched it since I was a child. But, uh, okay, so uh, I Am Not Your Negro, that was this year as well. Yeah, I've not seen this, so I really wanted oh, to see it. so good. I think it's mm. on. Is it on Amazon Prime now? It was either on Prime or Netflix. One, One of, the two. of the two has yeah. it. Uh, so worth a look. A story that I, most people never knew. Uh, and really, really, just a, a really immersive and really, at the same time, kind of shocking, but not mm. kind of a documentary. It was one of those documentaries that you're like, you, yeah, this, releasing it in this year certainly helped. Um, very much about racial politics of that time, of the 60s in America and civil rights, and a really powerful a really moving story, mm. are just fantastically executed as well. Uh, absolutely worth checking out. And uh, is, it, is it Barry Jenkins who did Moonlight? Yes, uh, it is. Yeah. Is he a producer on it? Uh, no, no, I'm saying he's, his next film is an, ad- is an adaptation of a novel by uh, the subject of I, I Am Not Your Negro. Yeah, there you go. That's What's exciting. it called? The Street? Something Street? I'm not sure. He's, his new know. film has got Taraji P. Henson in it, hasn't it? I think she's just signed up. I'd watch her in anything. But yeah, it, it, she's she's cookie. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Belco experiment. We saw that this year. That was fun. That was fun, yeah. wasn't it? That was the thing. It was a it was fun. It was a fun, good old fashioned canon film yeah. style. <laughs> Everybody dies. Everybody, Everybody dies. must die. Really, just cathartic exercise in mass carnage, mm. and imagine that scene from Kingsman if you stretched it out to a whole movie. Yeah, to ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, that church scene from Kingsman just is a movie in an office building. That's this movie. Yeah, and written by James Gunn. Uh, yeah, he's he's doing another film with the guy who directed this. I think he's producing that one as well. Excellent. I think it's a similar kind of horror. Well, I have high hopes for Which it. Is good, yeah. Didn't he also bring back Orion as well? Like Orion Pictures came back. I think with he did, one. yeah. yeah. Uh, the I Trans- love that logo. I know, yeah. mate. It's a classic. Because it's on so many of our favourite films. Yes. Like Robocop, things like that. <laughs> is it on Bill and Ted? Are they, they I think so. Bill and Ted, yeah. Uh, the Transfiguration. We both liked that as well, Can't I believe. Film. This I can't wait to see this again, and uh, it's one of those films that I think you get more enjoyment out of showing it to someone for the first time and and enjoying their reaction to it, mm. yeah, especially especially that third act. Um, this is a standard sort of, uh, on paper, a sort of standard you know vampire in Brooklyn kind of a tale. No Eddie Murphy, <laughs> yeah, you know. not not that vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> Only our vampire in Brooklyn is a teenager, and uh, you know an honest to goodness, actual believable teenager, not like a twenty two year old playing fifteen. Um, mm. You know who just begins a friendship with a young girl and <laughs> he's a vampire. Yeah, as as one does. just happens to be. Uh, Lady Macbeth, you didn't see this one, did you, Lady Macbeth? No. This was a film that... It starred Florence Pugh, and I came away from this film thinking... That's supposed to know that a gun makes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pugh, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, she's absolutely tremendous in this. This is, uh, despite what the title would have you believe, this is, a, like a, this is like a Daniel Steele novel. Daniel Steele novel, just like on ecstasy, uh, and just going for the erotic thriller stakes. And I <laughs> loved it. I think she's tremendous in it. And she's starring in Stephen Merchant's movie with The Rock at the minute. Uh, the Rock is producing... Oh, Merchant's something with my family. Fighting with my Fighting family. Fighting with my family. Which apparently is the real amazing. story 
story of Paige from the WWE. One of the WWE divas. It's her actual biopic. Is it? It is. And yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. I gotta I see, see that, that movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, can't wait for that. Uh, one pick. One of your picks, actually, Thor Ragnarok. Well, you yeah. say that. Do you know what? Let's just do. Let's let's do all the super films. Well, maybe let's, we've got let's, two let's in here. Haven't we? Is that and Guardians? Yeah. yeah. However, we've. Miss Homecoming on off there and Homecoming could be there. Yeah. And rather egregious and I feel like the internet is gonna punch us in the face. We didn't put Wonder Woman there and we've not spoken about Wonder Woman even though Because right, I, I deliberately Dude, avoided why? Wonder Woman because why? right. I know why I'm I'm putting it up there. I know you I know you are. Okay, well let we'll include Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman is great. Gal Gadot is wonderful in it. Yeah. It's very well executed. Uh Patty Jenkins is far and away the strongest caliber director the DCEU has seen so far. Um it's very interesting to me that um of those DC extended universe movies, the one with the most personality happens to come from not only the most macho, but also the only woman. Mm. And I I think that's something that should never be ignored. I think the DCEU could feasibly be scrapped and we just keep Wonder we Woman. We just get Wonder Woman films. I would ha- I would happily go with that and you know, just keep her and just reboot the universe around her, great, but keep Gal Gadot. She's wonderful. She is that character. Yeah. The film actually is I think is cheapened slightly by the character's eventual transition to Justice League. Uh, but oh, so you're still looking no, at no, it. No, through, no, no, you are. No, no, I'm, you are absolutely I'm making that as a side like comment. It. Hang on, I'm making no, that as a side you're letting the side comment influence your full comments. No, 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 yes, hang you on, are. no. Will you hush? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you just listen to me because I am important and I am speaking? <laughs> What's the Christopher Eccleston? I am talking. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I'd say that's a side note. I do think that like, if, you, if you're following the Wonder Woman character, I think she takes a massive step down in her next appearance. I don't think that affects... I think know. everyone would agree with that. Yeah, but yeah. I Although do Although they gave think... her way more to do just for reshoots and stuff. Because, well, I do. That, yeah. that much is obvious. Yeah. I mean, she gets what I think is the only sort of passable set piece in Justice League, which is that first sequence in Hoban, you know, in the courthouse that only has one window. Um, yeah, with Reese Bolton from Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. Reese, Reese, Reese Bolton. Something. Yeah, it's Reese. Reese, yeah. Um, I do think, though, Wonder Woman falls apart for me in one key regard, which is you've got a film which really breaks the mould. I, I know what you're going to say. Go on. I don't know why I covered the microphone. No, go on. You're going to say about, um, what's the name from the office whose name No, no, no. I, I made that, peace with that. I made peace I'm glad you made peace because that was the whole point from the comics. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She. I know that she is a throwback to that how is, that character that began. The whole, That's yeah. fine. Uh, speaking of London, by the way, there is an obvious other film that we missed from the honorable mentions. Um, oh, Professor Marston. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Get to, we'll get to that as well. We've got Um No, my issue with Wonder Woman is, for all of its mold-breaking, for as impressive as it is, I do think its third act becomes yeah. kind of just the same old. The, the floating stuff in the sky. Floating stuff in the sky. What Big looks bad. like an empty like warehouse lot... Yeah. In this case, an airfield that's quite clearly a lot of green screen, overly CG'd villain. But until that, I do think it's great. I do think it's a genuine game mm. until that final, final, final reel, as it were. Yeah, I think everyone's yeah. in agreement with that. No. But so, that just makes me look forward to the second one, because hopefully yeah, they, I mean, won't, they won't do that. Again. Yeah, I'm hoping for something more. I'm hoping it's in that way that Captain America the First Avenger was quite perfunctory. Yeah, but Winter, Winter, Soldier, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm hoping she yeah. fights uh, um, Ivan Drago. <laughs> when he goes Cold War, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to go for someone like uh, Felix Faust or something like that it's mm. in a sequel. That'd be cool. But uh, anyway, so uh, the, our other three comic movies are all the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. ones of this so, year. So um, first one, uh, Guardians oh. two. Let's 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 do them in order. Guardians two, loved it so loved much. It. Yeah, um, it's a perfect comic movie that can 
laughing can have you laughing in hysterics and also have you weeping mercilessly at the same time. Yeah. And uh, it does like good things for I would say all the arcs of the main guardians. For yeah. for a, for a film with that many characters to have that many successful arcs within it, yeah. I think is like it impressive. wraps them up for some people and it also yeah. recontextualizes entire relationships from the film that came before it. Mm. So Michael Rucker looks like a rock star for that first movie, oh, yeah. even though in that first movie he's largely just played as a comic relief villain. And then in the second movie is recontextualized as yeah. actually... You see why he's done yeah. what he's done. There's a subtext added to it that's actually so much more touching. Yeah. And also we get a comic book movie that genuinely makes a solid emotional beat out of a, fish, out of a Cat Stevens song. <laughs> And I almost said Fisher Stevens song. So. <laughs> I would love to see a Fisher Stevens do Cat Stevens. But, St- Stevens does Stevens. Yeah, no, comic movies don't generally go near Cat Stevens. So yeah, what's your issue with Cat Stevens? No, leave, nothing at all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, comic book movies don't go there. Well, will you stop trying to pick a fight with me, sir? Comic book movies. It's the end of com- the year. Comic book movies didn't do Nara Westerns, and now we have Logan. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the point. The movies we're talking about, they're all very different entries into this subgenre. Yeah. And that could lead us to Spider-Man Homecoming. Exactly. Which is a teen high school film. And, and the first proper millennial one as well, which yeah. is actually something I think even more impressive. The yeah. Spider-Man sending emojis. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Spider-Man Homecoming got a very short shrift from uh, short thrift, short thrift from a lot of critics because of how backwards looking it was to really? the to the eighties to the and John Hughes. I thought it was pretty out. like favourable. Oh, no, no, there were a lot of comments made about why it keeps referencing 80s. I'm just like, I don't think you people have talked to your children a lot recently Mm. because those kids do love those movies. That's how their culture works. It is all about nostalgia. Yeah. So the idea that Spider-Man is... Why why do you think, like, Beauty of the Beast did so well? Yeah. I mean, Power Rangers, for a terrible film that it was, that made some... Pretty serious bank. Like, bank. we consider about it. Like, nostalgia is in, and Spider Man was quite clever about it, which is just have the character be nostalgic, don't have the film be nostalgic. Fine. And I think that's why the soundtrack as well. I mean, yeah. yeah. And also, Ramones and the beat, and (laughs) one of the best. MCU villains like he is top three this was the thing because when Marvel got access to Spider-Man I think it was Scott Mendelson who wrote a full-blown editorial which is Marvel now has access to good villains Mm. Michael Keaton genuinely looked to that bar and also Tom Holland made for a really good Spider-Man He's my favourite Spider-Man. He's, he, he, I think he's brilliant. I, I prefer him to Tobey Maguire. I'm not afraid to say that. I, I do. Yeah. I, Different he, takes from him. Yeah. Both Different good, material. But yeah, I, prefer, I prefer Tom Holland. I, I have more fun with him. And yeah. also, I like his mentor-mentee relationship with uh, my boy. But uh, <laughs> Your lad. Yeah, my boy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ragnarok. Oh, well. Which I saw for the second time last week. It certainly rocked, didn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, so it's definitely the most fun I've had with a comic book film this year. Yeah? Yeah. I don't... This is the, I, I think it I, was the most I, fun. I think I put it in my own personal top ten. Yeah? yeah? I think it was the most fun. Of all the comic movies this year, I think Ragnarok, hands down, the most fun. This was the white knuckle roller coaster ride. Mm. This was the bonkers, Flash Gordon, <laughs> uh, Last Starfighter, kind of big 80s trouble. throw... Yeah. Big Trouble. Like every 80s sci-fi adventure classic movie rolled into one. And, and yet critics seem to love this for nostalgia. Yeah, funny that, isn't it? Yeah. I know. It's because when Spider-Man was out, Sony didn't send us the usual check that Marvel sent us. I so, must have got lost in place. Yeah, yeah. Sony didn't send all the critics the usual Marvel check. So, actually, do you know what? S- little side note about uh, the way that film was handled. Spider-Man. When it comes to Marvel movies, they're generally handled by Disney publicity. Mm. They're a dream to deal with. 
they they are Disney will bend over backwards for you. Yeah. Like if you, I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy two. I asked them, like, can I come to this screening? And they said, sure, but you don't have to. If you want to see it three days early, you can come to this screening. Yeah, or yeah. the day after that, there's this one. Or there's the premiere. Or there's this. And they gave me like six options. Yeah, uh, Sony. Very, Not very so different response. Yeah. And you start thinking, I don't think you guys know how Marvel movies work. No. Okay. You don't know how to do the shit. But uh, no, you have not quite learned yet. Um, so let's talk about My Life as a Courgette. Very touching, very short. Actually, only about an hour long. Very uh, touching sort of stop-motion animated film. Uh, you can see this either in an English dub or its original French language, and either is as good. Mm. Um, beautiful, beautiful film <clears throat> that will absolutely destroy you inside. I feel like you were about to cry then. I, I was, I was, cho- I was choking on my own coffee then. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> choking on my own mage. Yeah. Uh, but this is about orphans and overcoming abusive homes. and it, It's not really the stuff you would think of for, any, for animated family films, but you absolutely No, should. but yeah, it worked so well. Yeah. Um, Okja. You saw Okja as well, I believe. Yes. This was very Terry Gilliam, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, this was bleak. <laughs> this was, yeah. This this will make a lot of people vegans. Yeah. This, this film. I really liked it. I loved it. I thought Paul Dano was... I uh, bought you an Oxford t-shirt. You bought me an Oxford t-shirt for Christmas. Save the Super Pig, which yeah. I'm so happy about. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I thought Tilda Swinton, always fun. Uh, There's this just a great cast to it. Is general. she always going to be uh, twins for for him? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, she's not in Snowpiercer. There's only one of her in Snowpiercer. She was she, she was, was a twin in uh, Hail Caesar, which was the the year before. Yeah, as for, well. for Currents. Um, maybe I'm just thinking she just she, she likes just being twins. twins. Yeah, All right. but Octa's absolutely worth checking out. Dunkirk. Um, Dunkirk was great. I think it's going to win a lot of the visual Oscars. I think it will. Um, I, do you think it'll get the best director Oscar, uh, nomination? I think it'll get a nomination. I don't know if it'll win. I, I think it was like it was really front runner to win, and I think it's too close to call right now. Hmm. It's very interesting. Like, uh, it, well, like him and GUT have never got best director nominations, and this is like what well, seemed going to be the first year for both of them. So that's pretty amazing. It is an interesting year, yeah. isn't it? Um, let's. Uh, I mean, that's it was. It was a movie that was quite subversive in how it played with time. It wasn't quite as straightforward as uh, as a regular film, but it's a Christopher Nolan film, so you always knew it wasn't going to be. Yeah, but he does the thing of having it in three different time yeah, periods. One is moving faster. A distinct way that structured. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. Was. I, I thought that was amazing. I really loved it. Yeah. And it was the fact that they didn't market that at all. You only got that when you sat down to watch it. Yeah, which seems yeah. to like catch a lot of people off guard as well. They're like, what? Why has why it been told like this? I know, but did you notice that they didn't then immediately hop on Twitter and say that it destroyed their expectations of what a World War II movie should be? Yeah, yeah. funny that. I mean, if it was a lightsaber in it, then they would have said They would have told would have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't yeah. with Dunker, which I find really funny, that, actually, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, you say about loads of people complain that it wasn't historically accurate, those beaches didn't actually look like the Dunkirk beach, and, yeah. And, and, and there was apparently a lack of women, to which you think that, that was war in the 1930s, yes. That, that's only how it worked, 1930s and 40s. That's kind of how it worked. The, the front was not generally a, a popular yeah. female destination. Um, not popular with the ladies. Not popular with the ladies at the time. Uh, Detroit, I did not see, and I really want to see it, but you saw it and really loved it. I absolutely adored uh, Detroit. C- 
career-defining performance from Will Poulter. Um, proof that John Boyega has genuine movie star charisma in him. Um, it's a powerful, punchy movie. Uh, really dramatic. Really, it really cuts at you. It's a really, a really piercing story. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure how much of it is 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 based on fact. Obviously, the events, certain events within it, have clearly happened. Mm. Um, I, but it was it was fascinating. It was a movie that elicited as much anger from you as it did general sort of optimistic passion about where we are now but you know the real world kind of kills that optimism stone, stone dead as soon as you leave the cinema to be fair um wind river you've not seen yet have you? i've not seen it. i really want to see it well this is taylor sheridan's directorial not his directorial debut he's at his his first one since making it big because mm. he directed a horror movie in like 2011 Oh, so he's, he's directed things before. He's but directed he's, that he's one been thing. known as uh, a writer and being in Sons of Anarchy. Yes, well. that's it. I, I always remember him as Sheriff Hale. Yeah. Um, and I remember that character's fate, and it still upsets me now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, his, his efforts here writing this, because it's effectively a murder mystery set on a snowy Native American reservation. Yes. With... Uh, a Caucasian, uh, uh, I think he's a fucking like forest ranger, Jeremy Renner, and a rookie FBI agent played by uh, 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 Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. Yeah. yeah. And the relationship's great. The dialogue is sharp. The story is compelling. It's surprisingly more simplistic than you would expect, and it's subversive about how it goes about it. Um, I, I really, really liked it. It's a, I, it. It didn't get rave reviews, but I came away from it thinking mm. this is a worthy uh, trilogy ender for Sicario and Hell or High Water. I think uh, Hell or High Water is my favourite. You think like that yeah. one the best? I'd be intrigued well, to see what you make of this then, actually. Mm. Because this, I think, is this is like a halfway point between the two, stylistically internally. Cool. Uh, Moonlight, you were a fan of this, I believe. You mean uh, La La Land, don't you? Do I mean La La Land? Have you got La La Land in yours? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it took me a minute. I'm sorry, it took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. Your face is the producer of La La Land right now. <laughs> yes, it really yeah. is, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. God, that, we didn't mention that in the, the events of this year. <laughs> no, we should have done oh. that the first thing. So let's cover Moonlight first. How yeah. much did you love Moonlight? That was, that was, it was I such really a good love movie. Herschel, won an Oscar. That's all, that's all I needed. I know. I, I mean, I'm so Remy happy. had an Oscar. I know. It's, it's amazing. I can't believe I, I've, I've you know lived to see a time in which Herschel Ali, the dude from the 4400, the sort of happiest <laughs> yeah. character from the 4400, has got an Oscar. That's amazing. That's amazing. He's never lose over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Cottonmouth has an Oscar. Cottonmouth. Yeah. God, I want to watch Luke Cage again. Yeah. Okay, um... In Between, uh, this was a film I absolutely adored. Yes, I know you liked it a lot. Uh, this was a story about uh, three young girls and uh, th- three young girls in, I think it was Palestine, and it was really compelling, really well drawn, really interesting. Really loved it. Um, Death of Stalin. Did you ever see Death of Stalin? No, I missed it. Um, this it, is... it, it was on at the cinema that I go to for like three weeks as well, so I feel like I had ample opportunity, but I was just crazy busy. Well, I think for the amount of time you'll spend rolling around laughing, it's probably better that you watch it at home anyway. <laughs> it's hysterical. It, don't want to annoy too many people. Yeah, it? it's absolutely hysterical. Anytime Jason Isaacs is on screen, hello, Jason Isaacs. Um, anytime Jason Isaacs is on screen, you will absolutely just burst in hysteria. Yeah. It's it's genuinely hilarious. And Steve Buscemi is just That's great. It. As a sleazy Russian politician, a squirmy, weaselly Russian politician, he's, he seconds he's, a nod. Even though he's doing it with an American accent, yeah. which is part of the gag, by the way. It's not that he's bad at it. It's part of the gag. Uh, so let's talk about Moonlight. Oh, I was going to say. Ah. <laughs> get me to it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fool me once. Uh, <laughs> fool me twice. You, you, you can't get fooled again. Um, <laughs> see, that, that's an idiot president. <laughs> Not squirmy hands. But squirmy hands. <laughs> squirmy hands. Uh, so La La Land, let's, uh, we we got to mention that. I mean, I don't think either of us uh, thought it was one of the best films of the year, but I think it was definitely one of the most impressionable films of the it's year. It's definitely one of the top 30 films of the year. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is why we put, it in. Why put it in. Um, it was, this was a sort of a watermark moment. This was a, a kind of, this was a hangover of optimism mm-hmm. from the Obama years, wasn't it? This was that sort of, let's be happy, and oh, we forgot when we were releasing this. Yeah. Do you, do you remember when we yeah. all knew how to smile? Yeah. Remember when we thought we could do musical I, I remember what sunshine looks like. <laughs> yeah. Love used to be a thing. People were happy together. You know, you could pursue your dreams. Obamacare was still around. <laughs> Tax bill hadn't been yeah. passed. America was generally upbeat. Yeah. Didn't have to have my grandparents put down because one of them got like a splinter in his hand. <laughs> exactly. Couldn't afford medical bills. Um, this this got Emma Stone the Oscar, didn't it? Yes, if it I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, see, I never quite got on board with that, but I can see the sort of thought behind it. And yes, the, the, the groundwork for that is, is clear in, in La La Land. Um, I thought Gosling was a lot of fun. But then again... It's amazing. What was Scott? What's Gosling not any good at? This is the thing. Mm. I feel like he's going to go down that Daniel Day Lewis route of if he wanted to take up dressmaking, he'd he'd be brilliant at it. Yeah, he's kind of sickeningly talented. He is a bit Justin Timberlake. Yeah, it's like stop doing things. You're making the rest of us. It'd be like, oh, you can't. You don't know how to make like pasta from scratch. And he was like, I don't. But if you give me half an hour, then (laughs) half an hour later, it's like the most delicious thing you've ever eaten. Every time I look at Ryan Gosling, I always think of the that moment in the Avengers. Like, when did you learn about thermonuclear astrophysics? Oh, last night. Yeah. (laughs) When did you become an expert? Last night. I feel like he's that as a as a person. Yeah. Uh, But, But but hashtag humble. Hashtag, hashtag, so humble. His apple, his apple crumble is by far the most crumble. Most crumble. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about better watch out. Uh, did oh, you, this was fun. This yeah. was so much, so much fun. Uh, this was funny games for Christmas, and yeah, I mean that's 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 really it. It's funny games for Christmas, but actually funny. And there's some great jabs at things like Home Alone in there, <laughs> and and little horror classics like Halloween get re- referenced. Things like loved it, loved it. Career making. Uh, uh, launcher for uh, career launcher sorry for Levi Miller mm. who I think we'd all written off as a child for being in Pan and now he's a tween and he's actually got some talent it seems so I've only just put together he was Pan he was Pan and then in Monster Calls that's Nibsy isn't it that's Nibsy yeah so Pan and Nibsy had good roles this year <laughs> This was the year where like up was down black was white <laughs> yeah did, did you do one of the Nibsy though Nibsy <laughs> Um, the Beguiled was this year as well. Sophia Coppola's remake of the 70s Clint Eastwood movie. And, yeah, if you're going to give a remake of a movie that's really only remembered in cult, cult cinema circles, definitely give it to Sophia Coppola and she'll give you gold. And she even manages to give you gold with Colin, with Colin Farrell. Farrell. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kirsten Dunst, Nicole Kidman, uh, Elle Fanning. Such a good cast. Really loved it. Um, let's see what else we got. We talked about Guardians already. Oh, The Babysitter. Yeah, this was really good. One of it's our, the Netflix uh, original, the and Netflix it's by McG. Again, yeah. up is down, black is white. Y- yeah, who expected <laughs> McG would turn out a good movie? Mm. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm still waiting for McG to be involved in some sort of scandal, but, you know, Brett Ratner's beaten him to that. Give it time. Yeah. Um, the Babysitter, which for me made a star of Samara Weaving, 
um, who's very, very much now on the rise. She seems to be sort of a model slash actress. Is she uh, uh, Hugo Weaving's niece? Is she? Or is, yeah, I know I th- she I is Australian, so, yeah. but uh, I think she's niece or something of that. Bill. She's an absolute yeah. breakout star as the babysitter. I don't even want to tell you the plot of the babysitter. If you've got Netflix, just watch it. It's great. Yeah, and if you've got Netflix, it's not going to cost you anything. It costs so nothing. You've got no nothing. What you are already paying. Yeah, yeah. It, which brings us, of course, to the Mayowitz stories. Also, Netflix original. I really like this. I haven't seen it. I think you should watch it. I will. I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, because I, I know there's some Adam Sandler films that you like, or more of his Adam Sandler performances that you like. Well, that's the thing. When he goes drama, he gives good drama. Yeah. That, when he works with like Paul Thomas Anderson. And, yeah. yeah. He punch drunk loves. Yeah, and, yeah. He's, I, I, I believe he's he's been friends with Noah Bambach for a long time as well. Mm. So he's got that pedigree of like being able to be in films like this, and then he'll meet up with Kevin James, go to Hawaii and <laughs> make Grown Ups 5 or whatever. Oh, and, God. Yeah. Oh, the next one would be like in some Arizona water park or something, but, uh, you know, yeah. something like that. Wherever they want to go. On. But no, this this was really great and amazing performance. This is him and Ben Stiller as brothers arguing over their father's... Yes, and there's a sister as well. Uh, the father's Dustin Hoffman, who is, is like, he's an artist, he's a, he's a, he's a sculptor, mm. and he kind of... He thinks more of himself than what is actually there. So he uh-huh. sees himself as being this like amazing artist. And his kids have kind of like believed that up until the point of when they get to like grown age <laughs> and they see that he's not the person that they always thought that he I, There's an amazing line in it where he's like, um, we always had to believe that our father was a genius because if not, we'd see him. That's like the yeah. arsehole that he was. Yes, yeah. Uh, something I've like seen that. a trailer. I think I've seen that in yeah. a trailer. I really like that line. Which is pretty genius. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Like I say, I've got, I've got Netflix, so I've got no excuse. Uh, Baby Driver is a movie you really loved. Um, that I, 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 uh, I really respected when I first saw it. I did. I didn't think it was. You a couldn't quite bring yourself to fully enjoy an Edgar Wright film. No, I couldn't. And then I saw it again. And I, I just, t- I just took a breath, and I really fell into it, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a movie that I th- makes a genuine star of Ansel Elgort. It's a dance film with cars. Yeah, effectively, yeah. it really is. It's a swinging musical with cars, but yeah, yeah, I'm all good exactly. with this. Yeah. Um, John Wick Two, an action sequel that actually lived up to its own hype. Yeah. That gave us one of my favourite shootouts of the year, actually, which is the which silent walking through public, taking silence mm-hmm. shots at each other. That was amazing. Common and John Wick. Yes, I love that sequence. And I love, I love that Common. so much. <laughs> yeah, just point out, by the way, I saw a tweet the other day, and it, it stuck with me, and it's uh, talking about... Uh, 2017 was not the year of blah or blah or blah. It was, in fact, the year of, was it uh, cyberpunk bisexual colour schemes? And they showed you shots from Blade Runner 2049, Atomic uh, Blonde, John Wick 2, and something else. And they've all got exactly that same sort of purple hue, mm. neon colour scheme. You're like, oh, crap, that's yeah, actually right. That's pretty popular. <laughs> yeah. uh, Logan Lucky. Yes, NASCAR heist film. That was fun. It was so it? much fun. How great was Daniel Craig in that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, introducing Daniel Craig. Introducing Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah. Adam Driver, so much fun yeah. there. Chan Tate. And Seth, Seth MacFarlane with the worst English accent you've ever Yeah, seen. he was definitely the kind of downside of that film for me. He but I loved it in spite of that. And really. we got some Riley Keough again, which is never a, bad, never a bad thing. thing. I just thought, like, if Steven Soderbergh comes out of this retirement that he's been promising for a while, it wouldn't be with a fun film like this. And then he made a fun film like this. So. I know. That was great. I had, I had a blast with it. But uh, Chantete rocking it. Although, I will say one negative against Logan Lucky. What's that? 
It does find itself on another list of mine, which is annoying movies that have overused and basically destroyed the Game song Country Road this oh, year. Oh, no, I thought that was going to be a Game of Thrones reference. Oh, no, no, I'm just I'm sick of Country Road. Uh, we didn't mention really? Free Fire, by the way. Uh, no, that which, was great. Which was a blast. Yeah. Uh, Professor Marston, also a blast. We're a very powerful film as well, and actually had something to say. And that brings us, of course, to our last one, which is one of the year's most debated. So, Mother... You've got to say it like the trailer. Sorry. It. Mother! Yeah. Mother! There was that one trailer that came out like the week before when the film came out. Mm. And it was like, you will never forget where you were when you were experienced. Mother. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? Now, to be fair, it does deliver on that hype. You'll never forget where you were when you saw Mother. Yeah. Um, it's a film that had basically no mainstream appeal. And its box office returns absolutely proved that. Um, however... This was a work of art. This was a this a literally biblical work of art, <laughs> and uh, it, it did give way to uh, it did give way to just a heap of discussion about what the hell the film was about. Yeah, I thought it was pretty apparent. Like I thought that as well. Yeah. And there were a couple of other critics that did think it, and there were other critics who were mystified by it. Genuinely Why? did not get it. Who didn't see the themes? Who didn't quite get yeah, who she was? Didn't know who Harvey Biden was. Yeah, who the two young lads were. It, it's when you've yeah. got the brothers and one murders the other that you yeah. think, yeah, we kind of that get that metaphor happened in a book. Yeah, yeah. might be. I would love it if it said based on the based on the original novel by God. Based, based on a Jesus joint. Yeah. <laughs> based on characters created by Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's not an entertaining film, but it's a film that you find yourself enthralled by. Mm. And it's a film that will get a reaction out of you, whether that's a good or bad oh, reaction. It is it's <clears throat> genuinely, viscerally polarizing. It will get that reaction out of you. A strong reaction, whether or not it's a positive or negative one, and I'd argue that that's better than nothing, mm. which is what you'd get with the bulk of releases nowadays, which is you can sit there yeah. in the average blockbuster and just feel nothing. Absolutely. I'd rather have an artistic film, particularly by a director like Aaron Aronofsky. Yeah. And just, wow. It's better than just having Noah again, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no rock monster Transformers in no. this one. Rock so. monster. <laughs> um, and the last one we're going to talk about here, um, very quickly, um, Geostorm. Yes, we need to address the yeah, Geostorm, which <laughs> let's let's just call this the blockbuster of the year straight off the bat. And I had the most fun. It is I, it is a that, complete yeah. flaming garbage fire of a film. It, it truly is. It is a mess. It yeah, took a messy production. Three years to release this. Yeah, I mean, with reshoots, and everything. This was sat on the shelf for three years in some form or other. And didn't they? They replaced the director. They replaced. They added a. Produ- they added two producers. They get yep. another writer. They removed a character. They added a character. I feel like there was some Joe Butler hair work. I definitely there. got that impression. Mm. And then there's this. Jim weird- says she's wearing a really bad wig at one point. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. he just has. He has the worst hair. He has like 18th century lobotomy hair. He does. Yeah. Like yeah. I've I've been incarcerated in 18th century Victorian hospital. And they've given me the from hell lobotomy. But you know, he has that kind of hair. Mm. Um, it has got Abby Cornish as an unnecessarily sexified and badass uh, Secret Service agent, yeah. which I love and hate in equal mm. measure, just because I love seeing Abby Cornish. And um, uh, Andy Garcia, he's the president of the United States of America. He's the, <laughs> yeah, he literally has no name until the end of the film. He's like, his name could just be President, yeah. really. When they start Mr. Calling Mr. Him, P. President. Yeah, yeah. When they start calling him by his name, like, who the hell is that character they're talking about? Mm. Oh, it's the President. I need a sequel, but I want Joe Bolt then to be the president. Oh, I know. That's that's totally it. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, let's not overlook the greatest thing in this movie, which is 
Gerard Butler as a satellite engineer is the most inspired casting Hollywood has ever whipped out. That's a good point. This is Mel Gibson as an astronaut. I just brilliant. thought of some shared universe stuff. Go on. What you got for me? Okay. Sequel to this. Yeah. But we're calling, I don't know, Two O Storm or something like that. G O two, whatever. Yeah. Um he ends up working for the president. Yeah. He's obviously got a very good relationship now. Well the president is down one cabinet member. So yeah. Oh, yeah. He's working for the president. Yeah. As like Security, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Goes on Air Force One with him. <laughs> who d- who does he meet on Air Force One? Jared Butler from uh, London Has Fallen. Yes. There we are. And then you have Butler v. Butler. Oh, man. That's because good. we don't know who the president's going to be in Angels Fallen. Because I've got yeah, a theory. Yeah, because Aaron Eckhart is in gone. it. I've yeah. got a theory because Morgan Freeman is in it. So you think he's going to be I think it's going to be set after the election, and in this case, uh, Morgan Freeman has ascended the presidency. So, double theory. Go on. Is this going to be a double uh, double impact? Is it going to be a deep impact prequel? Oh, mm. yes. I'm in. I'm absolutely in. You give me that, I will watch that. Yeah. <laughs> and then triple theory, it's actually just it's a Jacob's Ladder scenario. To borrow something from and it's, and it's all in his head whilst he sat in his cell in the movie Gamer waiting to be taken out of the cell. <laughs> all Joe Butler films are all, all connected. Like, like that dream he had where he was trying to romance Catherine Heigl. And, <laughs> and that other time he had a dream about like a yeah. family drama and with then, his and son. Then, and then he was a ghost and he was leaving messages for uh, Yeah, for like what would I do if I wasn't around and I was yeah. married to Hilary Swank? I'd leave her some letters. Hilary Swank, I said, not Jeffrey Garner. Yeah. yeah. Like I hope she doesn't replace me with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but she might. It's my dream. She can yeah. do whatever she wants and then he lives underneath a theater and and sings and sings yeah yeah, yeah. Some, some would call him a phantom <laughs> <laughs> i think we've, i think we've been about <laughs> yeah i think that is the theory on which you end 2017 yeah in which case for one last time this year do you want do you want to kick it off here it is your moment of cage i know how your mind works you know exactly what you're doing and the whole time you stand there with this who me expression on your face! <laughs> <laughs>